Greetings, programs and users. It is I, John Patrick, the Master Control Program, once again live from the Edit Suite. Here we have part two of our Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, sorry, it took us a couple, of, or it took me a couple extra weeks to get it to you. It's it's the holidays, so we're gonna jump right back into the conversation. Enjoy. Yeah, you, it's... I just don't understand how a company can spend literally b -b -b billions of dollars. And then be like, all right, let's do this other billion-dollar franchise, um, and not come up with a, st a strategy for the whole thing. I don't. I, they should have Lord of the Rings. That so shit. They here's have been the, like, hey, let's do all of them at once, or at least have well, three here, solid scripts. Here's the thing: the whole what you just said that we should have a cohesive vision. That is a very, very, very new concept in Hollywood. Hollywood is a very old machine, and there are still a lot of very old guys with preconceived notions of how Hollywood should run, and it is not agile. The What happened to Warner Brothers is old Hollywood, is you have the people who make the movie, the director, the producer, and all that, and then you have the studio. And the director and the producer make their movie, and then the studio goes... Mm, no, I don't think this is going to work. We're going to remake your movie. And that is exactly what happened at Warner Brothers because the old Hollywood mindset took over of each movie is an individual thing. Each movie is not a, a set piece. Each movie is a movie, and all we have to worry about is making this movie profitable. Um, Disney and Star Wars, or Disney and Marvel broke that mold. They showed the new way that like, hey, instead, let's try making this cohesive narrative. And it is anathema to how Hollywood's operated for the last hundred years. It See, worked for Marvel is, for again, so long, but I think now Marvel's kind of, I don't know how they, if I'd say they lost their vision. But I think when like COVID, it just threw a big enough monkey wrench in that it's like, they they were trying to make everything work during COVID, but they couldn't. And that's why we got the, like, the second stage of Marvel kind of felt like it was falling on its face. But Disney rushed, again, they rushed the movies because what, to create that whole cohesive narrative and everything, that that takes longer time. And mm. they didn't have the time for that. They're well, like, and it's just... because the, even with COVID, they're still beholden to their shareholders that okay, there's going to be three Marvel movies this year, and we expect all of these Marvel movies to make at least $750 million of gross profit, and the I profits of our company are based, or the projection profits of our company are based on it. I got that, but we're talking about Star Wars. And then that's where Marvel took that, uh, Disney took that knowledge about Marvel, and they applied that cohesiveness to the television shows, which is why... The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, these shows are all tying into one another. They're all telling a collective grand story, which is going to lead up to a final point of some kind. And they've made they've made no secret about that. The the offshoot shows like Andor and Kenobi were the ones that are outside of that. But even even the, they're taking the Star Wars there. They're taking the Star Wars and they're putting it back into a, a long arcing cohesive story, which, you know, even the last three movies were attempting to do that. But with it being disjointed the way it was, it just didn't hold seamlessly. Whereas with the, the streaming shows, 
the Star Wars ones, they're following more to that to that kind of thing because they have more time to do it. Like when one shows, well, in when one show is being shown, they're filming another one and so forth and so on. So it just works better there. And again, it goes back to the people that are running it and the passion that they have for the property that they're working with. So, I mean, it, it, if they do what they want to do with star Wars, what they did with Marvel, they they're starting to do it now. They're finally learning their lesson. But as far as the dark writing and stuff, sure, bring it. Just make sure it's good. You know, don't right. don't, don't be like DC just to be these Warner Brother movies to be dark just for the sake of right. being dark. Because, I mean, we, we have to remember that at the end of the day, it isn't about making Star Wars shows that we like. It's about generating profit for Disney. Um, the reason they brought Iger back was because uh, Bob, what's his name, was... Capek. Bob Capek was essentially hiding the fact that Disney Plus was hemorrhaging money uh, to the point where he started, oh, we're going to premiere this show on the Disney Channel and premiere it there, but it'll run on Disney Plus because then he put that show's production budget on the Disney Channel ledger instead of the Disney Plus ledger to hide how much Disney Plus was losing money. Um, so something's going to have to happen um, because Disney is not going to let Disney Plus exist hemorrhaging money if it's not making a profit. It doesn't matter how compelling the stories they're telling are. If it isn't making money, Disney's going to cut it. Well, they've already announced some of what they're going to do. Um, you're, you're seeing it already with a whole lot of the the shows that were supposed to be coming. A few of them have been canceled on Disney+. Plus. Like Armor Wars is now going to be a movie instead of a show. Um, they're taking, with the, with the success of Werewolf by Night, they went, ah, wait a minute. Maybe we don't need to do a nine-episode show. Maybe we can tell a story in three episodes or something like and, that. And that's something I would love to see Star Wars do, too. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, Which they did with Obi-Wan Kenobi. That was only, what, six episodes or something like that? It was not a lot. It was pretty short. Yeah, yeah it was six. Like Andor, how how they're doing what they're doing with Andor and the fact that it's, the, the, the like, even that show did a really good job with a cheap budget. I mean, it, it looked beautiful. It looked, it looked the way Star Wars should look. And, I, you know, if that's, if, that's, if that's the case, fine, then go ahead and do it that way. But Marvel has um, they've taken a lot of the shows and maybe condense, they're going to condense them down. Um, some of the stuff they're going to date, like the uh, X-Men, was it 97? That's coming back. They're bringing that cartoon back. Cartoons don't cost as much to make as like television shows. Right. Um, so there's they, the ideas that they're going to use to cut corners down the road don't really bother me because how many times have we watched like with, with the Marvel shows? How many times have we watched it? Well, wow, this this would have been a better series if it was edited by like two episodes or well, like that, the She-Hulk show, you know, that, that's my complaint with uh, the last Jedi. It's like I could edit out about an hour of this movie and make it a better movie. Like not, yes. not even so much for content, but just, there's just so much extra stuff that if you just it's cut wasted, it out, wasted would, plot time. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you could cut all that out and it'd still tell the same narrative. It would just tell it in a, a more speedy way. All the references to Finn possibly being a Jedi, don't even bother putting them in there because you they screwed him over as a character so they could get rid of that. 
a lot of the casino planet stuff could have been the, changed. The actor who played that character also was very pissed about that too. Mm-hmm. Well, he flat out said be. that he flat out said like after the first movie they just didn't know what to do with Finn. Yeah. Oh, they didn't. They really didn't. Uh, and yeah. it sucks because they were hinting very strongly before that first movie came out that he would like, I remember he went to some kind of a movie ceremony and he was wearing a black leather glove on his right hand. Everybody was like, Oh, Luke Skywalker, blah, blah. Like they were dropping these little hints here and there that he was going to be the Jedi. And then nope, surprise. It's not, you know, and, he and, didn't and I, know thought that, I thought that worked for the first movie, but as the story progressed, I just wanted him to be to be something a little more important to the story. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that that stuff could have been they could have edited a lot of that stuff like, down. They, he should have been the Han Solo of the new trilogy. That's what he started out as in uh, The Force Awakens is like he was the Han Solo. He was the guy who was pointing out the absurdity of the Star Wars universe as he existed in the Star Wars universe. And it it just felt like he, they had it great in the force awakens and then they just shit the bed with him. Pretty much. So what Disney's going to do is they're just going to, they're going to cut where they can in shows, which I'm fine with as long as it doesn't do so at the cost of the story. But, um, they have announced that they've got the Vision's got his show coming out, Vision Quest. So they're giving him a show. They're giving Scarlet Witch another show. Harkness, I don't know why they're giving her a show, but she's got a show coming. <laughs> Again, it's like this better That's be That's I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it out of curiosity because she's got a weird history in the comic books. Uh, yeah, her, her version of the comics, I'm sure, is not even going to be close to what we get. But Man, I just think they, you know, they, they got a, a fantastic actress. Um I don't see her being the nanny of the Fantastic Four, but that's all in its birthing phase, so it still could be possible. They could do it in some way. Anyways. I just want Ghost Rider. I just want the Midnight Suns universe. Like, we've already had the Darkhold. Give me Johnny Blaze. Give me Dan Catch. I feel like we're getting so close to it, too. And, and, And Keanu Reeves is basically begging to be in Marvel. (laughs) <laughs> and there really or Star Wars. Yeah. And there really isn't anybody who is more qualified to be Ghost Rider than Keanu Reeves. Isn't he getting a little long in the tooth for the role though? So that's the well, thing. Well, it depends on what version of Johnny Blaze yeah. you go with. He you go would... with like if you play him as all right, he's he's a young kid who just became Ghost Rider, that's fine. You want a young actor. But my favorite version of Johnny Blaze in the comics was, was when... actually the nineties version of him. Yeah, you when know, Johnny Blaze like, was for... not the yeah. Ghost Rider, when he was just Johnny Blaze and with the Hellfire shotgun and the Hellfire motorcycle. The the midnight or the uh, yeah the midnight suns Johnny Blaze like that is perfect for Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I agree with that. That's another show though. Like that that uh, a Ghost Rider show on on Disney Plus might only require like three it, or four episodes. Keep in mind, it also almost happened. They almost they they the when the um, Agents of Shield did. I, it was uh, oh, I remember him. You know, I, I did not want to like that guy, but I did. I ended up liking him. Well, it actually had a lot of good good feedback from people, and that was another one of those announcements that never happened. They were going to do a, a spinoff of that version of it. Uh, uh, yeah, they were going to give him basically his own show. Yeah. Is it Jaime Reyes, or am I mixing his name up with the Blue Beetle? Robbie Reyes. It's Robbie, Robbie Reyes. Yeah, okay. I was going to say it's Reyes something. 
anyways, he was all on board for doing it. And then they just, you know, Marvel kind of quietly canceled it because I don't, I don't remember what, what service was going to, was going to be. It wasn't going to be Netflix. I don't think. Um, so they kind of just quietly canceled. Like they were going to do like new warriors on like free form or something. And then at yeah. one point they were, yeah, because the, there were there there was the cloak and dagger series was on free which was decent. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, um, and then the Runaways the show, runaway. and everything kind of just disappeared overnight. So as they were ramping up to Disney Plus, you saw everything start to quietly come back under the main, like back home to Disney. So that was when the Netflix shows announced they weren't renewing their con. Disney wasn't renewing their contract with Netflix. That's when with Freeform they like. I don't even think Freeform still exists as its own service because even then, Freeform was an offshoot of Hulu. Um, so it was still under the ABC parent company because um, that's why Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on ABC was because ABC was owned by Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, and that's about, that was right when they ended the run of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was when they were bringing all the Marvel properties under the Disney Plus umbrella. Hello? Which is kind of, yeah, which was kind yeah. of a shame because a couple of those are really good. A couple of those I liked pretty, I liked quite a bit. I did like Cloak and Dagger. Me and the wife liked that show a lot. Yep. Um, it, 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 if they, they need to bring it back and maybe give it some better, more mature writing because it was on Freeform, so it was written for like um, the, the younger Austin's, audience. I was going to say, it, it was the equivalent of the... the Oh, before it was the CW, it was something else. But back when it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dawson's Creek, and all those shows. It WB? Was, yeah, the W. Was it the WB? No, it was on Freeform. Cloak and Dagger was on Freeform. Yes, I know, but I'm I was about, No, it was about uh, Buffy, the, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the vibe they were going for, where it's like, hey, we're going to make these shows, but we're going to make them for, like, the teenage crowd and have them all in one programming block. That they should have ported that show over, but I don't know. I mean, that's they could do something with those characters. Like I could see those those characters teaming up with Spider Man or Daredevil at some point, like in the comic books. Nah, Moon Knight. Oh, don't don't preach to me about Moon Knight. <laughs> I waited so long for that show to come out, and it was good. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I, I, I loved absolutely it. loved it. And so far, still no uh, season two announcement. Have <laughs> Ah, that's true. Well, so with that, what's going I mean, on right now? here and there, but nothing official. So it's a question of Oscar Isaac's contracts are officially done. And after the whole Star Wars debacle, he was really soured on Disney. So he had said in interviews he wasn't going to go back to Disney. But it's the same thing with Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean 5. When Disney shows up at your house with a literal dump truck full of money, it changes people's tune. So Oscar Isaac says he's done. He's not doing anything else with Disney. But, you know, if they show up at his house with a dump truck full of money, we could get Moon Knight season two. Well, you'll also notice that on Moon Knight, they gave he he was a producer of that show as well. Same thing with um, uh, Diego Luna on Andor. He was an executive producer on the show. Mm hmm. Which I wish they would do more of, you know, letting the actors who are passionate about the characters have a say in the story. Exactly. Wanting to circle back to Andor, I did want to say a quick theory because I know uh, Rose seems to be. You said you sound like you're in the pro Luthen being Jedi camp or some kind, aren't you? Well, I'll give you my theory. 
Okay. Um, I don't know for certain that he was a Jedi, but I'm pretty sure based on a lot of different things. There is the obvious one right off the bat that everybody is still debating about the lightsaber walking cane hidden knife thing that I'm like, okay, it's often they're like, well, he can't be a Jedi. Just it, it's a walking stick and a knife. It's like, well, you can't take a, a lightsaber and hollow out everything inside of it. You know, he, if he'd be keeping it for some of my reasons. Also, he has a Kyber crystal moving on from there. The amount of artifacts, both Jedi and Sith related that are in the background of his shop. Um, moving on from there, the, um, the one that really sold me pretty good on it though, was the speech that he gave to the operative when they, when they were doing the whole elevator scene. And he's, he's like, well, what have you lost? And he's naming all this stuff off. He's like 15 years ago, I came to an equation and if the timeline and the math, this show takes place 15 years after, um, uh, the revenge of the Sith. So I'm like, all right, that checks out. And he starts going and naming all these stuff off. And he's like, I talked to ghosts. Um, well, okay, so we know that Jedi can come back in ghost form. So there's the possibility there. I have to use the tactics of my enemies against them. He's All the stuff he's naming off are things that a Jedi, a former Jedi, would have lost. So all the things that he's going into are things that a Jedi would have lost. So my theory is, is that he is, then there's also a theory out there that he's, he, that he may be a palace, um, one of the, um, the, um, Jedi temple guard because the oh, Jedi yeah. temple guard, nobody, even the Jedi temple guard didn't know who each other were. Even the, the Jedi at the temple didn't know what they were because that was their thing. They always wore those masks. And when they weren't wearing the masks, nobody knew if they were Jedi or not. So that, I don't know if I agree with that or not, just because there was one scene where there's the Jedi Temple Guard helmet in the background. I don't know if I'll go along with that, but I do think that there is something going on with him once being a Jedi and not being a Jedi anymore. Because there's also the theory that his girl that works with him in the shop might have been his former apprentice. Now, I'll go a step further and I'll say that he's probably, I think he's a former Jedi that is not only not a Jedi anymore because he can't be a Jedi, but he's also leaning more and more towards the dark side because there are all these weird scene parallels. Like when he's exiting the ship and he pulls his cloak over his head, it mirrors the way that Darth Maul walked out of his ship. When they show him, it mirrors like there's certain scenes that are shot in certain ways when they're shooting, how they introduce Sith or dark side force characters or whatever. And all the other star Wars shows, so they're kind of flaunting all of this stuff right in your face, but they're doing a really good job of not coming out and telling you anything at all about exactly what it is or, you know, all of that stuff. There's just a whole bunch of hints there, but they're very clever in how they do it. Also, it's like, well, yeah, he's a jump shot, junk shop dealer, a collector. Of course, he would come across these kinds of things, some kind of a kyber crystal and stuff like that. But it doesn't. It, it, like as the show goes on, you can watch him getting darker and darker. Like there's one episode where he says, oh, no, more people need to die. More needs to happen to get these people onto the revolution. And he kind of says it like sneering and sniveling. Also, how do Sith operate? Well, how does Sidious operate? They always operate in the shadows in the background, pulling strings and manipulating things. And that is exactly what he does. He has one character that he plays that runs the antique shop. He always, like, there was a scene where he stops and looks in the mirror and he's trying to get himself into character. And then he has this other character, which is the one that he's very calculating and manipulative and he's pulling strings with people and he's trying to put things against each other to make this revolution happen. 
So he's, you know, he's becoming this darker person, which is things like doing things that Jedi would not do. And then there is the final episode where the two fucking red lightsabers shoot out the TIE fighters in half. Never mind the fact that his ship is fully decked out to be able to escape a situation like this. Big shout outs also to the original Star Destroyer design being in that episode because the one with the three dishes, that was what the was original the, artist I heard. About yeah, that, that was one of the original concept yeah. drawings of a Star Destroyer. And I believe yeah. there was I believe there was even a concept model made of that one. Yeah, excellent. Th- little things like that I really like too. Like the fact that there's little things in the background that are paying trivia and paying homage to the things that came before it. That right there, that's one of those things that tells me these people that are doing this are actually passionate about what they're doing. Uh, um, but that's, go- these are all just my theories. I, I do believe he's a, a Jedi or a fallen Jedi of some see, kind. I, I just don't, it doesn't feel right to me. I just don't see Gilroy going in that direction. I do see him as the kind of person who would throw these hints out there just to mislead people um what and back to the so the 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 uh lightsaber uh, a lot of people think it is um one of the things i heard on a different podcast is um so when they do these things they also do a version for the visually impaired where they Mm -hmm. actually uh descriptive audio i think is a term for it and in that very scene in that moment it, it says it's like his collapsible walking stick um, so I, 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 little things like that are kind of making, me I get that. I but if you're blind and you have no concept, visual concept of what a lightsaber is, how would you describe that? His former lightsaber now converted to walking stick, you know, how, you know, I just, I just little things like that. I, I just don't see it. Now what I could see, uh, back to a possible lightsaber, I could almost see that being a lightsaber only because he is a collector. I think that it's going to be more of a, I think that, you know, pre-Empire, he may have had some sort of a connection to the Jedi. Maybe he interacted with them Again, on occasion. Again, this is what I go back to with smart writing. They're leaving that door there yeah. to be like, that's that's the escape route. And it's and neither of them is wrong. But I'm going to be really bummed if, if he's not by the end because it's like, quit being a cock tease. He either is or he isn't. If he's not, get it out of the way. I'm going to counterpoint Rojan. Um if he turns out to be a Jedi, I think that is the biggest piece of bullshit hack writing, and I will lose every ounce of respect I have for this show if it turns that out that he's his, a Jedi. His, his that drive is to the do what he's dumbest, doing. dumbest. Like it just makes no sense, um, especially for a story that's going out of the way of trying to be a Star Wars story that is not revolved around the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think well, it's not revolved. I Go think ahead. the much the much more likely possibility is we will find out he was either a member of the separatist army or he was a member of the rebel or the republic army, and le- basically either left in disgust or was drummed out of the service as the new the empire or the republic became the new order. We've already seen one of the Clone Wars characters sitting on the ISB council. Um, and I forget. Like, yeah. I forget his name, but he. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. Yeah, because he, he's actually, it was a character from A New Hope. One, like in that conference room scene on the Death Star, there's a guy in a white uniform. And they basically took that character 
wrote him into Clone Wars and gave the arc of how he got from being a Republic officer to being a like pro-imperial officer. And he's one of the ISB higher ups in that system. And I you think he's in Rebels, too. Yeah, I, think he, I believe he is in Rebels, too. And I think that we're going to see where Luthen is has some ties to the Republic Army. And that's why he has the skill set he has. That's why he has the the cell mentality. Maybe he was a, a Republic Army uh, intelligence officer. And that would completely explain why he became the way he is. Because all the ideals he stood for in the Republic were betrayed when the Republic became the Empire. And and I I, I think that's the more compelling story then he's a Jedi. I think Jedi is the easiest way to go. And it's, it, like I well, said. Well, he's not now. He's a former Jedi. Yeah. No, there is yeah, no I, former I, I Jedi. You are a Jedi. It is literally in your DNA who you are. You are a Jedi. Uh, the only way you are not a Jedi is if you become Sith. Um, That's not true. That is not true. There are many different. Well, this is a debate for another time. But there are many different force users that are not Sith. The the, the witches are a great example. They're not Sith. They're the just dark side force there. users. But or they're the also yeah. not Jedi. Yeah, the Bindu is an, well. The Bindu are more gray. Again. Yeah, but they're they not are Sith. their you own just thing. Either become Jedi or Sith. Well, I if you but become... then you also have the Guardians of the Will who were not Jedi, but they were also force sensitive as well. The, the Guardians of the Whale. The Jedi are their own unique religion. And it's, it's like when, when you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way. When you're a Jedi, you're a Jedi all the way until you start playing for the other team. Um, well, what about Ahsoka Tano? She's I, no Jedi. She, she, she says no it like ten times. But was she even a Jedi to begin with? She was a Padawan. Yes. Okay, I... I'm gonna be yeah, real honest. Still a Jedi. I, I, I'm gonna be real honest. I still have not watched m- much of any Clone Wars. Just watch the Ahsoka shows. Really, that's all. Yeah. That, that's all that really matters. I and and I think I've only seen like the first season of Rebels. Wow, man, are yeah. you missing? You are, There's a you whole are, lot yeah, of good you Star Wars. Are really out. missing some of the best Star Wars that's ever existed. It, it's it's one of those. It's one of those where it's like the first seasons of both those shows were so kind of meh that it never enticed that's, me that's enough. That's kind of become the Star Wars uh, cartoon trope. Yeah. 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 Their, their first seasons are always like they're trying to find their footing. They're trying to kind of become a th- decide what they want to be. And then they become a thing. Yeah. Um, like as soon as I saw the little like the main character from Rebels having the ion um like a slingshot then i was like oh that's so dumb i don't know i i am definitely in the anti luthan rails is a jedi camp um yeah i i think i'm right with you i i would I, if it did happen i'm sure i'd be all for it i'm sure i would i would get i would jump up off my seat and like fuck yeah lightsaber time um but I, I just for the, oh. for the story, it just doesn't does not make sense. Oh man! And I just remembered one other thing where when we were talking about the uh, the mature themes of this show uh, and talking about Luthen made me remember like, oh yeah, can we talk about Mon Mothma 
like force marrying her 13 year old daughter to cover up her uh, her questionable banking habits. Yeah, the money, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and another and mature daughter, aspect daughter's of the part show. Of some weird cult or something. I couldn't quite figure what that. So out. that, so that's a cool thing. Like outside of even just Star Wars, um, I'm a student of history, and one of the things you will always find in history is that the rise of fascism leads to a rise in like good old days mentality like fu- like re resurgent of fundamentalism uh it's the same thing you see here in the US with like the rise of the republican party and the rise of the christian right and all that and then it was in Germ- in germany with the rise of the nazis it was the rise of uh we have to get back to our roots get back to a pure germany uh so with the rise of the empire in Chandril, it was she was part of this old cult, um, and like they even mentioned that she found the, uh, I believe they even called him a priest who taught her the chant, who taught her the braid, and so it's going back to this fun like with fascism accompanies a return to fundamentalism. So you saw that she was returning to fundamentalism under her mother's rule, or like kind of even in rebellion to her mother and as somebody who has a 13 year old daughter i'm well aware of the concept of rebellion against an authority figure yes yes i i I can understand it too but again i'll say one last thing this just goes to show you the writing of the show and what we think about it the fact that we're having this debate about this whereas we don't do that with any of the other star wars shows you know (laughs) No, so, like I, I enjoyed. Star Wars, I'm on. I enjoyed Boba Fett, but I, I, I didn't. I wasn't left with as many questions. I mean, let, let's I be wasn't real. Left with as many, you know, desires for the next step. Let's be real honest. Boba Fett was just Mandalorian season two point five. Pretty much, it was. Yeah. It was. You could have totally told the story in in episodes of Mandalorian. Yeah, it's like Mandalorian, yeah. the side quest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it wasn't I love, great, I, but it wasn't bad. But I love yeah. them bringing fun. back Boba Fett. And I'm a little sad because when they showed Boba Fett in that first episode of The Mandalorian, and he was a fucking badass, and then went to the Boba Fett show, and we never got to see him be that badass ever again. It's like he spent most of the show just getting his ass kicked. I mean, riding in on top of a Rancor, I don't know how you could say that's not the badass thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that kind of felt like it was Jump the Shark. We need to put this in here to up the ante just a little bit more. And it's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Plus, the the show did a horrible job of explaining why he wanted to do what he was doing. The only thing he ever said was, I'm tired of working for scumbags. Mm -hmm. Really, that was it. Yeah, it definitely... It definitely needed a clearer vision. Uh, it definitely needed some better writing. It definitely needed not to have the slowest speed speeder chase in all of Star Wars. Um, yes. And, and, the, and the Power like the, Ranger the, color. Uh, yeah. 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 The, um, the flashbacks were kind of shown out of sequence. So a lot of times you'd be watching something and then there would be a flashback. And though it did tell the story of what was happening with them, with the sand people and stuff, a lot of times those didn't really have anything to do with what the hell was actually going on with the story. I needed, I needed one more episode with the sand people. 
Yeah. I needed one more episode because it felt like, all right, he's a slave to the sand people. And all of a sudden he's like leading the sand people or he's, I don't know. It felt like I needed. It was dances with wolves on Tatooine. It really was. I wanted a little more of that. That was one of my my favorite parts of the show. Mm -hmm. Like, like him doing the vision quest, him making his gaffy stick, like all that. I was all about that. Um, and, but it didn't have any real cohesiveness right. with the rest of the show. Well, and, like, it, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I was, I felt like it was a disjointed narrative. It's another one of those that I could have re edited it to be two episodes shorter and tell, tell the same story better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. I, I liked doing. it, but it could have been so much better. Um, still had fun with it. So, so while we're on the subject of Disney and, and I think before we go to row talking about star Wars land, can we take a moment to acknowledge the Indiana Jones five trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. The last movie I was burned with and now Disney's running it. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean they don't they don't got a real good track record with with franchises and and legacy for them. They're great at taking new characters and making new stories within those realms, but as far as legacy stuff, they just I don't know, maybe they so, learned a lesson from Star Wars. This, so this is just of, one franchise. I just I, I can we just let it die? Yeah. Give I, it give it like 10 years after Harrison Ford's death and then maybe go for a reboot, but let let's just let it go. Well, and, and honestly, I don't know if it's just because it's the only one I ever saw in theaters, but to my mind, Last Crusade is the pinnacle of the franchise. Um, I, oh, yeah, I, and, and that's a, yeah. that been a great end point. If we never yeah. got anything else with Harrison Ford as this character, or this character in general, and that's where we ended it, you end on a high point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have minded if they went back and did some more like young Indiana Jones stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. I am excited for this. I, I don't know why I don't, I am excited for this. And in a way I wasn't excited for kingdom of the crystal skull. Like everything I saw about kingdom of the crystal skull, I kind of knew from the beginning that it was going to be terrible, but this feels different. Like, I don't know why it feels different. And I don't know if it's just because they brought back John Rice Davis. Uh, I, I don't know if it's they they made the conscious decision that even though it's the 60s, there's still going to be Nazis and he's still going to be fighting Nazis. Um, but it just I don't know. Some something feels good about this. I, I'm excited for it. And maybe it's just, you know. It doesn't take a lot. You just show me Harrison Ford fucking around with the whip and to the John Williams Raiders march and my heart's there. Maybe I'm just a cheap thrill. But I've, I've got a good feeling about it. Oh, well, hopefully you're right. I, I, <laughs> I, mean, hope, you know, I hope you're right. I hope I'm eating my words. I hope I finish watching this movie and go, all right, Indiana Jones 6, here we go. But <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, pessimistic. And, and, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the trick to it is like expect nothing and be surprised. 
Um, well, or, back to Andor. Yeah, that's exactly my feelings on Andor. Low uh, that, expectations. Wasn't looking forward to it. Was way more looking forward to the next project over this one. Right. Uh, but was very happily entertained. That's how I felt about with the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Went into it with zero expectations. Figured eh, it'll be okay, and it blew my mind. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Just a quick note here, listeners. This is the part of the podcast where we started talking about Rojan's trip to Star Wars land. Unfortunately, his microphone was cutting in and out, and there was not much we could do with the quality. So it's the best we've got, and I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, you you went to Star Wars land. Star Wars land. We got there bright and early when the park first opened because I wanted to get on the the main ride right off the bat. I didn't want to be waiting in line all day for it because I'm told it, li- it was told it lines up very fast, etc. Of course, we get there. There is a line of people dressed as First Order officers completely blocking it off, saying the ride is temporarily closed, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, of course, because you got to walk all the way to the back of Disney Movie Studios to get to it. Oh, it's just past the old Star Wars. What's that? I said, that's some bullshit. Well, it is what it is. You, you know, they, th- it was happening a lot there, right? So we're going and breaking down left and right and stuff when I was there. But I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll just go walk around and look at the rest of the park here. And um, it was well, cause you you walk in there. There's a X-Wing, a full-scale, life-size X-Wing parked right there. You can just walk up to it. And it's like, damn, this is really, really cool sure in front of that they keep on walking and there's a couple of a garage like the whole area really did feel like you were in star wars it was it was beautiful like it was just the coolest fucking thing to be able to go oh my god there is a x-wing fighter so then you keep on walking and they've got like this uh, little market area that you can walk through that's got a couple of these like little places you could eat these little vendors the bathrooms, even the bathrooms, when you walked into the bathrooms, they look like the way you would expect a bathroom to look in. There's really no way I could describe. It looked everything. It, it was like going in through a city on Tatooine. Everything was worn. It had the Star Wars look to it, etc. And even the little things like over in the corners, like where the junk dealers and stuff like there's these fake junk dealer shops and stuff that you like there's nobody at. But the light covers are made from the tops of R2-D2 units. You know, it looks like it looks like somebody was taking all of these parts and doing different things with them because that's what they had there. And you've got the sound effects going over your head like of starships flying over because it's supposed to be a spaceport. So you walk around another corner. And there's this stage there that's got this, it's got Kylo Ren's uh, shuttlecraft. They used to do this show from what I was told they're not doing it anymore, but it's a, it's like, wow, that's really cool. You know, you see the stuff. Um, and then you go around the final corner and there in front of you is a life-size full-scale Millennium Falcon, which it was really funny because it was me and my wife. There was this Asian couple. I'm, I'm assuming they were Japanese. Um, and they had the mask, they had masks and stuff on. Um, and then there was another guy and we all like, we, all of us just stopped when we looked at it, like instantly, we all just stopped and all of us were like, Whoa, yeah. it's the fucking Falcon in yeah, front of it, you. It, it's that thing you've seen in movies and just walking up to it in real life. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know, I'm assuming you can't like get up and touch it. 
No, not really. No, they've got stuff locked around it and blocking it and stuff like that. But you can like where where it overhangs, like you can walk underneath parts of it. But at no point can you walk up and actually touch it. But, um, you know, we were like, you know, all of us like the, we just left our wives and we all ran up, like, get pictures, blah, blah, you know, and, you know, we were all kids. And it was really weird because like the Japanese people, they couldn't speak any English at all. But for that brief moment, we were all united in Star Wars and they were trying to get pictures in front. I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, walking. Do you want me to take a picture? Like I'm pointing at me, pointing to the ship, making the camera click gesture. And I'm pointing to me, I'm pointing to them. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, no, OK, go on, go up. So they go up there and they get pictures in front of the Millennium Falcon. And then they took pictures of me and my wife in front of the Millennium Falcon. The other guy, his wife was like, come on, come on. You you know, you, you look silly right now because we were just like, oh, my God, you know. And. I'm like, this is why we're here. You know, I'm like this, this is it. This is, we've waited our whole lives for something like this. And now it, it, we're here, this whole park. And then they got the shop that you walk into, which is, uh, they had lightsabers there. I almost bought one. I came real close to it. And I almost bought princess Leia's lightsaber. And the only real reason I think I didn't was because I'm like, how am I going to get this damn thing home? Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, but especially, especially I, I'm pretty flying. sure because I, I listened to a, a podcast where someone went and they have a shipment option where you can buy it and, and walk out with it or buy it and then they'll immediately send it to you. They don't. I asked the woman at the counter, I'm like, if I buy this, do I have a way of shipping it back? She goes, we don't hear, but you can go to such and such location, blah, 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 and they will ship it there. And I, then I the, started clicking in my head. I'm like, well, I'm paying like the Princess Leia one was 165 just for the hilt. And then the blade, I think, was an additional 60 bucks or something like that. And the, the, it, when it, it comes in a really cool, nice case and everything. And in retrospect, I'm glad I didn't buy it, but I'll get into that later on, too, because there's some defective ones that they made that are they're, they're selling for much cheaper right now because the brass or the gold apparently comes off very easy. But well, anyhow, they had uh, Kylo Ren's. They had Luke Skywalker's. They had the busted Luke Skywalker one from the last movie. They had Palpatine's. They had Windu's. Like, they pretty much had everybody's there. They had Cal Kestis's there. They they didn't have any of Ezra's there. Ooh, the, the little Kestis trainer is. I, I've seen some pictures. I kind of like that one. It's cool. It was really cool. And I ended up just getting, like, a coffee mug. But the thing that I had to laugh at was ice cream maker data data carrier that was in the empire strikes back that you could actually buy that there and i'm holding it and i'm laughing my ass off and my wife's like what are you laughing about i'm like this is an ice cream maker she goes it's a you Ham- can make ice cream like it's a hamilton beach ice cream maker yeah that they tweaked up and did some stuff to and i'm like no no there's a joke behind this that it's actually and I, i'm like you, you wouldn't understand if i tried to explain it and the woman that worked there heard me talking about it and she was trying to explain it to my wife and my wife's like yeah whatever let's let's just let's just get out of here you know because <laughs> but i'm like i, I didn't want to leave i yeah. ended up going back there again the next day we went back again for something else um and then we went on the uh, we didn't go on the million falcon ride because simulated motion gives me really and that's what that motion ride is. It's a simulated motion ride. But we did go on to the Rise of the Resistance ride. That ride is amazing. That ride is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, I don't even want to spoil it, but there is a part in there. there it's, it's really amazing. So you, you go on, they load you into the shuttle. The doors close behind you. The thing moves or whatever. And then you've got like an Admiral Akbar uh, Mon Calamarian piloting the ship and he's talking to you and stuff. 
They've got another area where there's a Poe Dameron's X-Wing fighter sitting out there, and that fires up and BB-8's in the back of it because you kind of go outside for part of the ride. Um, and then you the the doors open back up, and you're on you're inside of a um, a Star Destroyer, and you're in the hangar of the Star Destroyer, and you you're really not expecting it because you just walked into this thing, and now you walk out and you're someplace else. It's actually an elevator that takes you down. But when you walk into this area, there's TIE fighters and stuff in there, and there's all these stormtroopers in front of you, and everybody just stops because you're not expecting it. So they got these. It's a very sub, uh, immersive, sub, uh, submersive ride where it's no, kind immersive, of like live action. not submersive. You're not Whatever. underwater. Correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they've got all these people that are in first order uniforms that are ordering you around, telling you, stand on this dot right here. You're going to be interrogated, blah, 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 blah. And then the ride just it just goes insane. Like, it, I, there's really no way I can put it. The carts that you ride in and going through the ride and the things you see in it are, are absolutely amazing. Um, it, there's there's a part where, like, a lightsaber comes cutting through the roof at you. And there was a lot of stuff in that ride. How There's certain things in there that they did that I can't figure out how they did. Like, you're standing by a wall. And then all of a sudden the wall just blows away and it's it's not there anymore. But there's no pieces or anything on the ground, whereas a second ago there was a wall there. And I don't know, like when you see it, you're like, how the hell did they do that? There's some of the stuff when you look at you, okay, I can figure out how they did that. But there's some stuff in that ride that's just really next gen, like what what did I what what just happened? How did that how did that blaster bolt go flying over my head or how did that wall blow up and just disappear and there's nothing there now? And, you know, because they know as soon as you walk out that the ride has to ready back up for the next group of people going through. So in all, um, I would give it a 10 out of 10. The only problem I had with it is that I just wish it was bigger. It's it's yeah. a small back corner of the park, and I really wish it was larger. I wish there was more in there. We ate at one of the restaurants, and the restaurant was okay, but – you know, I got you your little bottle of, of Coca-Cola, which is a thermal detonator. Oh, and that's yeah. That's the only was, place they sell them. I was going to say, that was uh, uh, when we thought we were going to record a week ago, I had used that to make myself a specialty cocktail, uh, which I dubbed the uh, Tatooine Negotiator. Mm-hmm. So it was, you take that, um, and then you take a tiny, a tiny airline bottle of spiced rum, that you probably have to smuggle into Disney and it's spiced rum. So smuggled spice. Then you pour it into the thermal detonator and there is your, uh, your Tatooine negotiator. Every form of bottled beverage they serve there is all star Wars oriented. Like the Dasani water has a special bottle. The Sprite bottle was special. That's the only one I didn't get was a Sprite. I got a bottle of diet Coke for the wife and I got a bottle of Coke for me. And I went back and I went back again. The second time I went back, that was when I bought your, coca-cola and i'm like i gotta buy john a coke i'm like i have to just he's got to have one of these you know just because i know you're a collector of oddball stuff like that oh yeah yeah so well it, it was um, when you were talking about star wars land it reminded me about a quote from uh neuromancer when he's talking about the uh, the big satellite free side where there's all the casinos and everything and they said um free sa- so basically star wars land is just a tube that they push tourists through and there's a fine mesh that keeps all the money and then just pushes the tourists out the other side. And I have a feeling that that's kind of what star Wars land land is. It's just a way to get money from you. I I will happily give them the money. All the money. I I really want to go. Same. I I would go back and pay money for it again. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's just it. I'm just going to sit around Star Wars land and, like, take a thousand photographs of every little detail on the Millennium Falcon and, and all the little details of all the buildings because... And then go back to my house and 3D print models of them and paint them up. The attention to detail is spectacular. It really, like, there's a, a restaurant there where it's like a barbecue kind of And they've got this thing set up in front of it where it's a speeder, like a big, um, either an engine from a ship or a speeder or something like that. And they've got these fake rotisserie meats that are roasting underneath it. And it looks like they're really there roasting. It's special steam that looks like smoke and stuff. Um, But you're looking at it, you're like, that's a speeder motor. Or that's, like, you're looking real closely at something else and you're like, "That's, that's a speeder from the Han Solo movie. Or... You know, that's that's this droid or that's that or. Oh, my God. It's just all this. Somewhere. I just realized that somewhere in Star Wars land is going to be a full size copy of the Universal Greedly. The little model part from I believe it's I believe it comes in the Tamaya Anzio Annie model kit. But it's this weird part with like four little circles and a dome that they put on almost every Star Wars ship they made, and they call it the Universal Greedly. And I bet somewhere in Star Wars land, there's a full-size version of the Universal Greedly. Very possibly. Mm-hmm. Very possibly. So, yeah, it's it's great. Go. If you can go, go. The resort, I've heard not so good things about. It's still fun, but it's ridiculously expensive, and it's not doing very well. But do, if you have the chance, go to the park to go to Hollywood studios and go back there and see that and make sure you go with somebody who's cool with star Wars. that gets it as much as you do. So they're not going to be like, okay, we need to get out of here and go over to toy story land now or whatever, you know? See, the only thing I heard <laughs> negative, the only thing I heard negative about the resort is like, it's cool that you're in this immersive experience, but there's like only one storyline. It, it, like originally they played it off that there would be multiple storylines that you could involve yourself in. And right now there's just the one. So it's like, everybody's on and it's like, damn it. No, I don't want to be the, I don't want to help the Jedi's escape. I want to turn people into the empire. And it's all, it's not empire. It's all first order. It's all stuff from the last three star Wars movies. Yeah. There's no, there's no real legacy stuff in there. The main villain in this Kylo Ren and, that's the that which, whole story which i'm really kind of it. wondering how much longer that's going to be like I, I i really feel like at some point there's going to be a big like oh we're doing we're shutting it down for six months and reopening it and it's all going to be like mandalorian era. i was i was just it's about already to say, starting to happen i would not be surprised if like the next attraction that they add to it is something to do with the Mandalorian or something to do with Boba Fett. One of the I mean, it, 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 it writes the, it writes the checks right there. I mean, I, I mean, imagine instead of, you know, so you have what you can go in here and make a lightsaber or go in here and make your own specialty Mandalorian helmet. I mean, Oh, you make, you can get your, you can get your shoulder pad and you choose your clan crest on it. Oh yeah. I mean, who, who's not going to already, that? it's already in the works that, they're, they're already beginning to figure out how to put that stuff together and how to um, how to change things. But, yeah, that'll probably be the next major because they're slowly but surely phasing stuff out. There were things that would happen in the start. There were events that don't happen there anymore that they used to do. 
that they don't have come out anymore. Um, so they're kind of they're they're in the same pattern that the Star Wars movies are right now. They're kind of waiting to figure out where they're going to take it, or where they're going to take it to, or whatever. But the resort is all new Star Wars. There's no old stuff in it. But um, that's a debate. That's a conversation for another show because we got to wrap this up. Oh, dude, I will say though, I think there is a huge opportunity for the resort to use your turn of phrase, Rosian, to course correct into an Andor story. Like that style of you're all on the ship and then all of a sudden ISB agents come in and it's like trying to track down the rebel operative. And I think there's potential there. I, I can see it. Yeah. But well, like anything, like anything with Star Wars, just give everybody as many options as you can. Exactly. But you're well, at right. This point, they have to because they've created so much. So anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just about to throw it back to you guys to wrap it up. Uh, Jake, where can everybody find you in the world? Uh, pretty much the only place I'm on social media-wise is a uh, group called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. The show may be put to bed, but the but the group is still out there. The community lives on, and you're you're always welcome in the guest host chair here. <laughs> I love it every chance I get. Rojan, uh, what's going on with you? Um, you can find me here, or you can find me at Project Archivist. Um, I've just recently found that all of my shows have been pulled off of YouTube, however, because write content because i use a lot of music in the show and they pulled them down which i really um it's been a bit quite a bit since i've released a new episode they are in the works i'll be recording new stuff coming next week and then i've got about four shows that are falling into place after that it's just been a matter of sitting them down and getting it recorded but it didn't record right so it had to go to the great scrap pile in the sky but um it was kind of expected because it had been a while since I'd been behind my microphone and my equipment. So, but yeah, you can find there, you can find me over at the cinema Labad uh, Facebook group, which is a group for B rate, uh, classic movies, uh, horror movies, stuff like that. And you can also find me on the project. Full of the weird and the strange. Oh, you, I, I sent one to you and I think, I think you and I need to sit down and watch it. Uh, Die naked for Satan. Yeah, I've already. Yeah, I found that. That's gonna be. That's on my list to watch. You you got to call me up French when you wa- watch that horn. one. Well, I'm gonna be watching it probably when I go down south with my buddies. But when I get back from that and the weather warms up, I've got a projector just for hosting bad cinema parties in my backyard. So it will. I will gladly rewatch it if I can. That is a French porn horror movie, which for that was horror. Like they were like they were a combination of horror movies and porn movies because there actually is real sex going on in that movie, unless you get the American version where that's been edited out and then the story makes no sense at all. But I guess it doesn't in the first place. So yeah, that's I've I've got that. That is on that is in the works to happen. All right, and you can always find me at the Old Nerds Drinking Facebook group. Come for the podcast, stay for the memes. Uh, and with that, end of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! So, what's the plan? Take off, go to Mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over.
Might as well write them off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up. Lights out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaky! Yes! All right, move on. Nothing to see here. Please disperse.